Hello? Hello? I, I need to speak to Oprah Winfrey. Can I please speak to philanthropist Oprah Winfrey right now? Oh, hello. Can I please speak to famous theoretical physicist Stephen Hawking? That's the author of the famous book, A Brief History of Time, Stephen Hawking. Um, yes, hello. I would like to speak to Rafiki. You know, that baboon fellow from The Lion King. Is he on the line? Uh, they can't come to the phone right now, but I'm Matt. And I'm Z. And, and together, together we're... Acceptable Company. Hello, Hello everybody. Welcome back. <laughs> what have you got for me? Uh, we're kicking things off strong with a major scientific breakthrough. Yes. So you may or may not have heard about the James Webb Telescope. I've actually heard a lot about it. I know a lot about it, actually. Yeah, this is peek behind the curtains. But you, you have told me you have stuff that adds <laughs> to this topic, which I am actually really intrigued by. I honestly thought this would be one of those where... It goes over my head. Yeah. It would be. About... That's a very valid assumption. So I, I am intrigued as to what you're, um, you're bringing to this conversation. Okay. Why don't you tell me about it first and I can chime in. Um, so the James Webb Telescope was at, launched December of last year. And a lot of people think it's the, it's, uh, the replacement for the Hubble Telescope. And it's a major, crazy strong telescope that's orbiting the Earth. And it's taken these m- amazing images of galaxies far, from far away. Far, far away. Mm. We're talking hundreds of millions of life, light, light years. So this James Webb telescope was launched very recently. We've just kind of started getting these new images from it in the last few weeks. Yeah. So a lot of people say it's the, it's the replacement for the Hubble, but it's more a successor. It's, it's, it's the next step in this technology. So the Hubble telescope was optical and ultraviolet light, yeah. while the James Webb telescope is infrared light. So yeah. it's a longer wavelength so they can see further into the galaxy they're looking into. Yes, but also infrared light actually allows you to see through dust and gas, which is why yes. the images are a lot clearer. Very true. And if you've seen, they, they have direct comparisons of the Hubble telescope and the James Webb telescope's images. And the James Webb images are yeah a lot clearer, more more crisp, and they're revealing a lot more. Things that we couldn't see with the Hubble telescope. Mm. A, a good comparison is like your Nokia 3310 or whatever, the first camera that you had with potato image quality, and now like your iPhone with 100 times zoom and portrait mode. Just the, the lens is much bigger. It can capture a lot more light. We can see a lot further. Now, and this is what I really want to talk about. The science community is excited because they're using this telescope to peer into the past, look into the creation of the universe. Mm. So the Hubble telescope can only look so far. This telescope can look even further. So we can look at stars that are older than what we have currently been able to see and hopefully get a better understanding of how the universe was created and where it's going. Yeah. So this concept is something I want to talk about. Yes. And I think you are aware of this concept. I am. But it it, took me a while to get wrap my head around it. How can a photo depict the past when it's taken in the present? Exactly. It's such a difficult thing to wrap your head around, but I think I've, I've got it now. So I have an analogy, but I'll try and explain it first. So basically the way it works is light is traveling, right? Light, like everything else travels, the speed of light is so many thousands of kilometers per second or something. It's very far, but it's still traveling at a time. And some of these stars 
If a star is one light year away, that light has traveled a year's worth of travel distance. However, many millions and millions and millions of kilometers that is. That light has taken one year at the speed of light to reach us. Mm. So light years is a measurement of distance. Of, of distance yeah. But it's measured it against time, essentially. How, how long that light takes to travel, travels in a year. It's 29979245 meters per second. I'm, I'm, thank you. <laughs> I'm glad you had that because I was going to look it up. And I'm like, ah, no, we'll just, we'll just wing it. But Z, for some reason, knows the speed of light. The speed of light is very quick, as you just pointed out. Yeah. It's, it's what? How, one more time. Two. Two nine nine. Two nine nine. Two four five eight. So it's almost 300 what, meters a second. No, like 29. Oh, there was no decimal place there. No, no so decimal. Almost 300, which is very, very fast. So what that means is that star, for example, that you looked at, that's taken a year for the light to reach us. At that speed, that star may have already gone out. Our vision is made up of light. Yeah. The light bouncing off the object and going into our eyeballs. Mm. And that's how we perceive vision. Yeah. So the light we receive from the star is a year old by the time it reaches our eyes. This, this hypothetical star that's one light year away. So we're looking at the star a year ago. That, that star may have already burnt out by the time it reaches us. Yeah. But the light has taken so long to reach us it, it, that we're looking at it in the past. Yeah. So potentially, if we were far enough away and we had a telescope that was strong enough, this is very hypothetical because we're nowhere near near this technology, but we had a telescope that was 3,000 light years away, we can look back on the Earth 3,000 years ago. We just don't have a telescope that can do that. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. So basically, the images that we're seeing, it's capturing light from 13 billion years ago, pretty much just after the Big Bang happened. Isn't a new James Webb image? Correct. Yeah, exactly right. They're the, they're the, the youngest light, I suppose you could put it. Yeah. No, the oldest light. Sorry. Yes. The oldest light we've ever been able to see. And And you're right. These are... They're the closest to the beginning of the universe that we've seen so far. Yeah, but we're seeing images as it happened then. So much has happened since. What The images that we're seeing are not them in the current state. No. It's how long the light has taken to get to us, which exactly. is billions and of years. And in this case, it's, yes, a long, long time. Not one year, it's billions of years, as you said. So hypothetically, theoretically, we're peering at the beginnings of the universe or a universe that's billions of years ago, which is insane. But don't get me wrong, this telescope isn't strong enough to zoom in on these planets and look at individuals. It's, it's, it, we're not going to be able to do that. It's just capturing the faintest traces of light. But from that, somehow, and I don't know how, people can determine origins of the universe, information about the start of the universe. This is, this goes over, over my head. This, this falls into the category of, of math solving that black holes exist, but very impressive science. I don't know if it's an achievable concept to look into the past, mm. but my God, what a, it's, it's, it makes sense. Mm. It's crazy to me that we can see so far that we're seeing it like as it happened then, not as it is now, and that it's been so long. Yeah, those, like I said, those stars may not even exist anymore. Yeah. Those galaxies may have all spiraled out of control and, and you know destroyed themselves. But for that information to reach us, it'll take another billions of years. Mm. How much do you know about the James Webb telescope itself? I know it is in orbit around the Earth. Mm -hmm. I believe it is quite far out in orbit. Mm. It's past the moon. <laughs> it's past the moon. I know it was $10 billion okay. to make it. <laughs> it's um the first big telescope to be, I guess, like launched out into space. 
Um, do you know about how they got it up there? I imagine they strapped it to a space rocket. <laughs> so, um, because it's so big, they couldn't just launch it as is. They had to compact it, fold it up, and then launch it out. And then it took, once it was up where it needed to be in orbit, it took 29 days for it to, like, origami fold out to get to its current state. How big is this thing? 11 meters. 11 meters? Yeah. And oh. it took 29 days to unfold it because I had to do all the checks to make sure that, because if one thing went wrong, right, if one thing didn't unfold properly in this origami process. I feel like 11 meters isn't that big. Mm. Hubble, Hubble was only two or three meters, to put it into perspective. That's pretty insane. Yeah. Um. So everyone was on the edge of their seat watching this thing unfold for 29 days, because if one thing went wrong, then it all goes to crap. $10 billion down the drain. Yeah, exactly. That's pretty much what I know. Yeah, but you also told me you know who James Webb is. <laughs> mm, yes. So you might be wondering, ooh, James Webb must be some really important guy. I am. I used to live down the road from a family called the Webbs, and I assume it's named after one of them. Okay, probably. <laughs> so um, James Webb was the NASA administrator just prior to all the Apollo missions. So not really... Prior, so after the Apollo missions. Pr- no, before. Oh. Yeah, not really a before super significant guy. Oh, well, he's got a telescope named after him now. Who, yeah. who was Hubble? Who was Mr. Hubble? <laughs> I don't know. I, I thought it was the guy that invented Scientology, but apparently not. <laughs> <laughs> Have you heard of a French physicist called, and I apologize for potentially butchering his name, Etienne Klein? <laughs> and I apologize for that pronunciation. It's, we'll call him Professor Klein or Klein. No, I've never heard of them. So he is tied to the James Webb Telescope for a practical joke he posted about about a week ago. Okay. So he posted a picture, and in his uh, here's the picture. I'll show you. Ooh. All right, and he's he's wrote a caption here. He says a picture of Proxima Centauri, which is the nearest star to the sun, and he goes on to talk about how far away it is, and and the one is with the James Webb Telescope, a new level of detail. Blah 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 blah. blah. Yeah. So he, he posted this out to his 91,000 followers on Twitter, and it turned out that the picture is actually a cross-section of a chorizo. <laughs> <laughs> and he got, um, he got flamed in the comments, and the scientific community was not very happy that he's making one by posting a picture of a sausage. But he knew it was it was oh, a joke yeah, in his house. Right? It, okay. it was making a joke. <laughs> That's so good. We don't know how any of these pictures are going to turn out. No, there's some cra- there's some crazy stuff they released of Jupiter recently. Actually, <laughs> um, look it up if you're interested, guys. Very very pretty. Looked really sick. Cool. It looks like a like a pepperoni pizza. Oh, interesting. But this one was actually Jupiter, not a pepperoni pizza. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> not a chorizo. Not a chorizo. So Matt, like there are certain experiences in life that I feel like I've missed out on. <laughs> like skydiving, going skydiving, for instance. I haven't done that yet. I like that, I like that this is how you're introducing this topic. <laughs> <laughs> um, like smoking weed for the first time. Like that's something that's a significant moment, you know, you yeah, remember it. They're milestones. They're milestones. When you're, when you're sitting on your deathbed, these are the things you think back on yeah, and yeah. remember. And I was thinking about like the life that I've lived and what have I done? Most importantly, what have I not done? Mm. And you don't want to live with any regrets. Either. No. Exactly. <laughs> and looking back on my life, uh, there is one thing that I regret not doing that everyone else seemed to have done. And for some reason, I just I just didn't have the gut. I'm super surprised you hadn't done this. I know. I feel like it's right up your alley. <laughs> not necessarily in terms of content. <laughs> <laughs> or is it? So I had never watched 
two girls, one cup. And it's crazy because I knew about it. It was a big thing. Do you remember the the hype yeah. around when Two Girls One Cup came out? I do. And everyone was talking about. It. I knew like generally what it was about. The gist. The gist. But I'd never watched it. I think I was too scared. I don't know. I was scared of maybe it was it, so impacted and grossed out maybe, by it, and I just couldn't. Maybe you didn't need that on your conscience. Yeah. You just high school was hard enough. When when did Two Girls One Cup come out? I think it was like late, maybe my last year of high school. Yeah, it was. Yeah, we were in high school. But who don't know, we won't go into detail. Let's not gross anyone out. Are we not? It's a, it's a really gross pornographic fetish video to the extreme. Yeah. Like, something really gross that you don't even want to think about. Thinking back on it, it doesn't even... Like, technically, it's like softcore porn. I don't think it involves any, like, real... Genitals. Yeah. Correct. But. <laughs> but. There is a big but. <laughs> I don't want to gross anyone out if they're eating dinner. But there is a lot of bodily... <laughs> Function. I think you're describing porn in general. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have to be specific, Z, and I'm not going to help you out here. There's a lot of um, defecating. Uh, as well as, uh, as you said, yeah, regurgitation. Yeah, it's gross. It is yeah, really gross. Um, I, I just, I'd never seen it. I knew what it was about, but I wanted to see what all the fuss is about. I didn't want to go through life missing out on this huge milestone. Yeah, huge part of so many people's lives. Yeah. Okay, keep, keep going. I have, I have so many questions. Well, I mean, like going into it, I didn't know what to expect. Uh, I knew, you know, it's, it's a classic love story. I knew that going into it. But I assumed for some reason that it would be Asian, like Japanese or Korean. You hadn't even seen, like, I'd, images. I'd never seen images. Oh, okay. I, I, I knew nothing about it. I just assumed it was Asian for some reason because... Fetishes? Yeah. Yeah. I so. And then so I was really surprised in the first few seconds to see, like, a white girl and, a like, an olive skin yeah, girl. I wonder how this video even gets created. Do you know? Okay, so Two Girls, One Cup is actually a one-minute trailer for a much longer no. pornographic film. Yes. It's only a trailer. Possibly the most famous trailer of all time. I guess this segment is for anyone who doesn't want to watch it, who doesn't feel like watching it. I took one for the team. I watched it in full and I'm here to tell the tale. Mm. I've survived to tell the tale. So I did some research about it because I was so... Curious. Curious. <laughs> engrossed. We don't kink shame here. No, we don't. Um, so there are rumours that it actually isn't real, that it's um, like made out of what we think Mousse. is... Yeah, it's like ice cream or peanut butter. And like, I'd believe that cream. from what I remember. Yeah. The texture, so you've watched it. I have seen it. In, have. in its entirety. I want to. I haven't seen the extended actual movie yeah, for it. Yeah, but you've seen the whole one. I've seen video. Two Girls One Cup. Okay. You know, I just had to talk me through it. Where were you? Do you remember? It, I it's can't. A big... I can't remember. Oh. It was. It was years and years ago. I, I don't. I, I don't even know why. Really, it was more just a fascination of being in the zeitgeist. Everyone else was doing it. Yeah. You know, but from memory, it the consistency <laughs> of the defecation. <laughs> was not um yeah it wasn't it's not your everyday solid it wasn't solid no <laughs> it's like after you've eaten something gross and you're not feeling well yeah but it, it, it so was this entire porn video like this fetish i i don't know i don't know i, think I didn't you have watch to take it. one more for the team <laughs> watch the and watch the, watch the hour and a half long See, the thing is, back when this came out, the world was a more innocent place. Mm. People with kinks, real severe kinks and things, were just were, were mostly still mm. but now, closeted. closeted. Now the world is a, a much more forgiving and understanding place. Do you think the world is a place for two girls, <laughs> one cup these days? 
Yes. So that's the reason I watched it, right? I feel like me back then, too afraid, too mm. sheltered from the world. But me now, you know, the world has evolved. I've seen some shit. And now I can really say I've seen some shit. Okay. You know? Hey, boom, tish. <laughs> I was mentally prepared because I had, since then, we've been exposed to so much. Is this the worst fetish video you've seen? Oh, that's a good question. Mm. Probably up there. It's up there, but I cannot definitively say it is the worst thing I've ever seen. I I agree. I think I've definitely seen worse things. Yeah. But it also comes back to we're not ex- particu- we're not particularly accepting of this fetish, mm. you know. People that are into this sort of thing, it's just regular porn for them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Do you think it was it lived up to the hype? Okay, that's a great question because from the reaction back in the day, I that, and the reason I didn't want to watch it is because everyone was so so repulsed by it. Like I I couldn't mentally handle it. I felt like that's why I didn't watch it. So I was really expecting the worst of the worst. And I watched it, and it was bad. It was bad. But it wasn't... I think I just hyped it up too much in my mind mm. and, like, expected I think so. extremes. It, yeah, look, it's awful. Like, don't yes. watch it for your Sunday afternoon viewing. But, I mean, it's fine. I, I can guarantee you've seen something worse yeah. in your life these days. Yeah. But we're not here to recommend it either. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely don't. That, the reason I watched it is so you didn't have to. So, you've heard it here first. Don't watch Two Girls, One Cup. So it's time for Pleasure Time. Pleasure Time. Oh. Mm. oh. Um, this is basically where just where we talk about what we're doing in our leisure time. What we, you know, what we're reading, what we're watching, what we're just what we're doing to pass the time. Mm-hmm. The boys. Have you watched the boys? No, I know a little bit about it. It's really good. So it, mm. it, the basic concept is it's, it's like the stereotypical "what if superheroes were bad," which is something we've seen a lot of these days. You know, everyone's getting kind of tired of the the Marvel squeaky clean superheroes, mm. and it's it's like that. But it's done very well. So in this world, human the superheroes are not only created but kind of owned by this big conglomerate company and. They're more interested in their public image than, you know, actually saving people, mm. actually doing things. Um, there's that element, but there's also the boys themselves, the titular boys. Um, it's a group of normal humans that are trying to kill the superheroes, and, and it's how they go about it. And this show is is a lot of fun. It can be quite gory. <laughs> Keep in mind, a lot of these episodes are MA or R rated. Okay, good to know. But if you've seen Game of Thrones, you've, you know, you're on about the same level. The gore itself isn't the most difficult part. The gore is kind of just, kind of like how Quentin Tarantino puts a lot of blood gushes in his movies. It's yeah. just there to add emphasis or mm-hmm. to create a mood or, or it, it's like that. Got it. So that's just something I have to say. The gore is talked about, but it's not all the show is. The characters are really great. Very interesting scenarios. I think it is slowly becoming more and more popular and recognized and rightfully so. Uh, that's it. I love it. It's one of my favorite shows. The only downside is each season takes like two years to come out so mm. boo to that how many episodes in a season um there's normally about eight got it and did you say this is the third season season three how does it compare to the prior two um so it's it's a pretty solid show throughout i think season one is really good season two kind of loses its way a little bit but it, it, season three brings it home so okay. all three seasons are worth watching it's not a show where i've gone oh i'm really disappointed by this it's it's been fun from day dot it's just it's just a blast of a show its reputation is earned it's, its following is earned it's a really good show especially if you're kind of over the superhero genre what kind of person would you recommend this show to i think if, if you like shows that make you think a little bit it's it's not it's not always easy watching it's not something that disturbs you but it's not just like you sit there and pop 
popcorn eating. There's mm. there's some there's some stuff explored here. There, there, moral it, it dilemmas. Involves moral dilemmas as well as like there's there's rape explored. There's suicide. There's it's quite social issues. Yeah, I completely recommend it. It's one of the best shows I've seen in a long time. Cool, awesome. I, on the other hand, have been watching a TV series on Netflix called Indian Matchmaker. Oh, no. <laughs> I haven't. I didn't even know it existed. Okay, but okay. but I, I know exactly I know exactly the type of show it's going to be, knowing you and knowing the title. It's season two. Okay. Okay. I, wrote, I watched season one like in 2020, which was amazing. So basically the premise of the show is there's a matchmaking lady and people who are like unlucky in love go up to her and tell her all the criteria that they're looking for and she goes and finds some matches and it's a reality show so you watch them go on first dates and deliberate on whether they want to pursue it or not because arranged marriages in India are quite quick like you meet maybe two or three times and then you're engaged type thing right so after a first date you have to seriously be like I've only got two dates left until <laughs> they force me to tie the knot yeah but what's interesting about this show is when you think of arranged marriages for me prior to watching the show I thought it would have only been for really like kind of like religious fundamental Indians from India. But this is actually, I would say, the majority of couples are westernized Indians in America. So they live pretty, I don't know, non-traditional lives, but for whatever reason, they're not having success in a traditional dating sense. So they've defaulted to asking this matchmaker lady for help. You talked about arranged marriages. So this this matchmaker lady, she's arranging marriages for him? So it's interesting, right? Because I always thought arranged marriages was a mandatory thing. Like you have no say in it. You have no choice. But actually, and I'm learning so much. I love this show because I'm learning so much about a culture that I never really understood and a, a process that I never really understood. But you don't have to. You have a choice. You meet them and you can decide. Yeah, yeah or nay. Yeah. And then she matches you with someone else. It's arranged in the sense that... Someone is, you know, designing this coming together. It's not an organic meeting. Um, and also the first meeting is usually with the whole family Chaperones. Well. Yeah. Um, but other than that, it's pretty... This isn't quite what I thought this was going to be. Mm. I thought this was going to be like, what's that show called? If You Think You Are The One? If You Are The One. If You Are The One, but Indian style. And that sounds really good. <laughs> <laughs> but this one, this show is also really good. Won't spoil it, but essentially westernized Indians meeting and that whole process of dating in this culture. Okay. That sounds like something I'll recommend to Corny. <laughs> yeah. She'd love it. It's on Netflix. Make sure you watch season one because some of the characters reappear in season two. Does that mean they weren't successful in their relationships? Not that they weren't successful. A lot of them didn't match with someone that they wanted to pursue a long-term thing with. Kind of reminds me of um, Married at First Sight. It's a little bit like that. Mm. But they get to, the thing is with this one is before they meet someone, they get to tell the matchmaker what their criteria is, what they're looking for, the type of person they're looking for. Then she brings them profiles of different people on paper with like descriptions and photos and then they choose. What's the worst date you've seen in this show? It's it's not that bad. Just some of the personalities maybe are a little bit more difficult or like too nitpicky. Um, but no train wrecks, no drama like Married at First Sight. It's all very civil. Mm, okay. You're not exactly selling it to me there. <laughs> <laughs> I thought it was going to be a very funny show. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. Like it's it, it, There are funny things that happen. There are funny characters. But it's more interesting than funny. Mm. Highly recommend. Um, one more thing. Yeah. Of course, I am always playing something. Um, latest game I played was an indie game called Tunic, which I Tunic? doubt. Tunic? Yeah. Tunic as in the clothes you wear. Mm. 
but I wanted to highlight Tunic because it is a it's a pretty unique game. It it kind of gave me um, vibes of Death Store, which is another indie game I played where you play as a Grim Reaper crow. But this one, you're a little fox thing. It takes inspiration from the Legend of Zelda games, but the hook here is it doesn't teach you how to play the game. You literally have to find the pieces of the manual, the game manual, around the world. And even the manual is in this weird language from another whatever language this is in, like a made-up language. Mm. So the entire game, it is like Zelda. There's puzzles and there's combat, but at its core, it's 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 like a riddle. And try, trying to work out how to progress just going through the clues given to you by this manual, which is not even in English. Very, very interesting. Very satisfying gameplay loop. I really enjoyed it. Nice short game. I think I finished it in probably easily 15 to 20 hours. Mm-hmm. What kind of person would you recommend this game to? Anyone that likes your 2D Zelda games. Yeah, it kind of harkens back to your old school kind of Game Boy era adventure games. It's time for Acceptable or Not. Our first one comes from Mel in Oatly. Mel in Oatly. Thank you very much for writing in, Mel. Thanks so much, Mel. So she um, recently visited her friend who's just had a baby. So she went to visit the new mum and baby for the first time at their home. Okay. And she brought a gift. Okay. Um, I don't know. I think clothes and a toy or something like that. And she spent some time chatting and talking and then she went home. And when she gets home, she checks her social media and sees that the person that she just visited posted something on Facebook. Something along the lines of, when you're visiting a new mum... Instead of bringing a gift, why don't you consider doing something like washing the dishes or taking out a load of laundry? What are your thoughts on that? (laughs) And I guess she was offended because she brought the gift as a gesture, a kind gesture, what she thought was. Yeah. And then sees this message. So what's the acceptable or not? Is it acceptable (laughs) to shame your friend? So is it acceptable or not to have this... Expectation? Yeah. Or even to suggest instead of bringing a gift, why don't you do some chores? Yeah. Okay. Well, that's... I mean, that's stupid. Mm -hmm. (laughs) It's not her house. Mm. It's so presumptuous. It's so selfish, Mm -hmm. self-orientated. This person has done what they think, what they think is the sociable, acceptable thing to do, put some thought into a gift. Mm-hmm. And for all intents and purposes, that's what society would expect. And then this other person has not only not appreciated the gift, obviously, but made it quite clear that she should have just helped out with her own chores. It sounds a bit bitchy of me, but if you can't handle your own household, that's not someone else's job to come in and and help. Mm. You know, you chose to have a child, Mm. presumably, and it's not your friend's fault that you're having issues keeping the house clean. I mean, if she rocked up and said, wow, these dishes are really filthy. Yeah. Maybe then, yeah, maybe then she should have helped out. But I, I think this is pretty clear. Okay. Devil's advocate. What what if the new mum was just trying to be helpful? Like saying, oh, you don't have to worry about buying a gift. Like, why don't you just do something easy? Like, wash the dishes. Like, well, I think she should have told her that beforehand. Mm, before she mm, got a gift. Mm, it is, you put on your invitations, you know, buy me something from the wishing well. I don't want a gift. You know, I, I don't care about a gift. Just rock up and your presence is a presence. Yeah. You make it pretty clear from the get-go. 
So do you think that's acceptable then to say beforehand, before they arrive, hey, don't bring a gift, but if you want to, you can... I'd appreciate it if you did my dishes. Mm, mm. What do you think about that? <laughs> um, I think that's more acceptable. That's, okay. that's definitely a better way to approach it. It's the way she went about it that's unacceptable. I think it's odd. I think that, um, like I said, I think you should be able to take care of your household. But if that's your choice, I don't want a gift, just come and mow my lawns. <laughs> Then, <laughs> but then that doesn't that put pressure on the person that's coming. For me, I'm I'm similar to you. It doesn't sit right with me in terms of. On the one hand, yeah, you can specify what would be helpful for you rather than people wasting their time or their money. I get that aspect of it, but maybe people show their affection or care in different ways, and maybe that gift took that person a long time to pick out, or maybe they had that in mind for a long time. I don't know. I, I just don't like suggesting to people how to express their... So you don't like the concept of it at all? I don't like the idea of don't get me a gift, but can you do this instead? What about don't get me a gift, but I would appreciate some cash? Well, it depends. In this case, she was just visiting to be a nice friend. It wasn't a party. It wasn't mm. a It thing wasn't an event that necessarily warranted, warranted a gift. Money. Yeah, exactly. The gift was a gesture. If it's a social gathering where a gift is uh, expected and you specify something else, I think that's okay. I don't think it's great, but I mean, I guess it depends on what you're requesting, right? Chores around the house. That's weird. <laughs> Imagine all your party guests just going around your house, just like mopping the floor and vacuuming. I should, I'd, I'd, I'd have a party every week. <laughs> mm. I say, don't worry about bringing a gift. I just need someone to trim the hedges. If anything, maybe I would accept, hey, next time you're thinking about a gift for a new mum, why don't you chip into the cleaner fund to save her time from doing household chores? You'd still be okay with that? I think I would be more okay with that than actually asking the person to do the chores. Your objection is to them asking them to do chores around the house? I think so. That is a bit much. I agree. Mm. Like I keep saying, you should be able to look after your your own home. And, you know, it's like someone asking someone, can you clean my toilet, please? It's, it's like, <laughs> no, they got their own toilet to clean up. Yeah. So, I don't know. This sounds weird for me. I think not acceptable to ask people to do chores around your house. If they offer, fine. Great. But to ask and put them in that position, I think it's weird. I agree. Not acceptable. The next one comes from Cody in the Shire. Cody in the Shire. Thank you very much for writing in, Cody. So, Cody has written in. Would it be acceptable if I travel overseas without my partner? I get paid two weeks extra leave over Christmas and New Year's, but this is my partner's blackout and busiest period at work, so he is most likely unable to go. Whilst I feel bad he may not be able to join, I don't want to stay at home waiting for him every day to finish work, as we won't have as much time together regardless due to his schedule. So, acceptable or not, travelling overseas without your partner? I think, as a general rule, it it's, it should be fine to travel as individuals. Mm -hmm. A relationship in general should be two individuals rather than one combined join at the hip unit. Yes. So, yeah, traveling separately is healthy. It's mm -hmm. good. Depending on the, the circumstance, like, I think if there's um, perhaps even an, an offer and the blessing, then sure, why not? Especially because it is the blackout period for the, for the partner. That's difficult. I work in a lot of industries which have that kind of rule. Mm. Um, you're just not allowed to take breaks at all during, like, the Christmas period. Mm -hmm. And he's right. <laughs> Especially if uh, Cody's partner has, like they said, two weeks of um, paid leave over the holiday. I can understand not wanting to be stuck at home. It's a shame Cody can't come. But if Cody agrees and is happy and trusts them to travel by themselves, 
then yeah, I think it's acceptable. 100%. Yeah. I agree. Like, if you want to do something, you should never let anyone stop you from doing that. And I believe in, like, taking opportunities as they come. Um, Otherwise, you'll look back on your life and you'll regret it. Yeah. No one in a relationship should stop your partner doing something they really want to do anyway. Yeah, totally. If, if this is a loving relationship where one partner is giving the other partner the blessings to travel, I would assume the um, other partner has also offered the other ones to come. Yeah. Circumstances get in the way. Yeah, totally. So overall, traveling without your partner, acceptable. acceptable. I think this might be the first one we agreed on both of them. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, it's a, it's a new age. Yeah. New, <laughs> new intro, new podcast. We got yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no more arguments. We'll see. Yeah. <laughs>